0: Hot round, Red Seven! Red Seven! Red Seven! John! What? Red Seven! I don't know what Red Seven means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot route?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please?
0: Billy Bob! This is
1: it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run downfield and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's
2: what we call a stacked lunch.
0: I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Oh, are you gonna get me the oh, ball? I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Between living and dying. Yeah. I got a whole lot of money. Y'all
2: need for me. No, Bottle no, key, popping no, no, that no, man. No, no, no i yeah. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome in to 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett here with you today to talk about Kentucky's big win over LSU. The Cats are 6-0. and For the first time since 1950, they really put an exclamation point on the win over the Tigers. Sending Coach O packing to set up a date with number one Georgia. Later on in the show, we're going to have Jake Roos from Dogs HQ and On3Sports join us to preview that game. But first, we got to talk about the one-two punch that Kentucky delivered to start the game against LSU. We said, hey you hit them in the mouth they might start reeling they might get a little foggy they might fade away and that's exactly what happened
1: yeah you get the sack fumble there first position get the ball drive it down get an, a pretty awful call there on the first down first and goal slant to isaiah cummings
2: objectively a bad call
1: but you're able to punch it in you roll the dice on fourth down you score you get a stop on defense you score again you're up 14 nothing you really you had them right where you wanted them. It was like a boxer where you just came out hot, you landed a few punches, and then you kind of controlled the fight there till about the 10th, 11th round, and then knocked them out. And that's really what that game was. It was just getting off to a fast start. LSU young team on the road, don't let them get much confidence. You didn't. And really, Kentucky, again, had full – had total game control, I thought, of the game, and that was the reason – they were able to win it. And I think that's something we've seen in these last couple games, even with the offensive issues they've had. They've really kind of controlled the games, whether it was at South Carolina, whether it was against Florida, whether it was against LSU. They've kind of – they've made all these teams play their kind of game. Yeah. And that's – if Kentucky gets into a track meet with any of these teams out saying South Carolina, they they could have been in trouble. But if they're able to make you play a certain type of way, you're in trouble because then all of a sudden you're grappling with them and they've got you in a headlock and you're like, well, what the, how the hell did this happen?
2: Oh no. Half Nelson. <laughs> ah,
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I just thought it was a great, in, a great game for Kentucky. The matchup, like we talked about, I think you saw that play out. The reasons why I thought it was a good matchup quietly. LSU's defense kind of stinks. It, it, I mean, it just does. They've mm-hmm. played some good teams here lately that have kind of hid that, but they haven't stopped the run all year against good teams. And you saw that play out with 300 and something odd yards. And you got it from three guys. You got it from yeah. not only Rodriguez, but Levis and Smoke were both efficient and explosive in the run game. And so that that really set set up everything else. And so it was good to see that. And then defensively, Kentucky got challenged a little bit, but it seemed like they were – Giving them the run there later in the game, um, but essentially LSU was running power and they hadn't really run that all year, so that really wasn't on the tape probably for Kentucky to be ready for. Even though that's a play a lot of people running.
2: Yeah, and they 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 stopped the run pretty well in the first few drives, and then it was really
1: just one guy. It was Davis Price had the best game of his career.
2: Yeah, had a thirty yard he, run. Had a couple big was, runs.
1: Well, he was just running through tackles. Was make was getting those aggravating yards Stoops talks about where you hit them for two and then gets it's a game of five, gave a six, um, got loose a couple times. But Kentucky, I mean, we know their MO on offense. It's to or defense, excuse me, it's to um hide the big play, especially late in game. Stoops does it all when you get a couple possession lead there, it, it all becomes do not let them hit the big pass play. Make them if they want to dink and dunk or run the ball down the field, they can, but we're not gonna give them give up this. I think that's what you saw. And then the one 40-yard reception they had was just a –
2: I mean, they their receivers play. are just very good.
1: All the <laughs> offense is going to be nasty next year for LSU. They figure it out on the offensive line. It's they get all those backs back. They get all the receivers back. Max Johnson will be his third year starting, or they could bring in a transfer quarterback, um, depending on who the new coach is. Uh, that offense is going to be awesome next year.
2: Well, if they all stay. you know, Yeah, too. Wouldn't
1: wouldn't be too bad. I've heard you trying to strike up hurdles. this LSU Kentucky connection. I
2: I'm I'm just saying I'm <laughs> facts together. There's been transfers from LSU to Kentucky, and if Kayshawn Boutte wants to catch passes from Will Levis, if he liked what he saw, I'm sure that Kentucky would welcome him with open arms. Yeah. Because that maybe. Guy is good. He's probably done for the year though,
1: right? They said he was. Uh Anchor. our own on threes, Matt Zenitz where he was out for the year. Yeah. I think that's a safe bet for him, especially if he's going to be out five weeks or so. It's already yeah, – yeah. he only got six more games left. So, And
2: he did it on a crazy catch. So, hate to see that for him. Hate to see Octavius Oxendine go down. We, we got a little bit of a heads up before the news broke, but it broke right as they were announcing that he was SEC co-defensive lineman of the week, which – did they start doing the defensive lineman of the week this year? Is that new? I don't ever remember that being a thing. Not sure. But either way, he's taking home SEC weekly honors for getting a couple of sacks. Was really sh- starting to show some wiggle, and we talked about in the preseason that position how Calvin Taylor was a big time benefactor for uh, some of that outside rush, where the guys are just stepping in the pocket right into him. And that's what Ox was doing. That's what happened on that sack. Like he made yeah, a good more play,
1: a, but he's more still. of a benefactor of Josh Paschal just being a maniac inside. Dude.
2: He is incredible right now,
1: Pascal Yes, yeah, Because Pascal really created, uh, I think, three sacks. The square sack on the little um, – Kentucky really wasn't blitzing. They were bringing four, but they were they were bringing an inside linebacker and dropping somebody in coverage. I mean, I saw Trayvon Ripka dropping coverage. I saw Jordan Wright dropping coverage a bunch of times. And so that was like a little wrinkle in the game. And Pascal kind of sets that stuff up because he just takes up two blockers and – if creates free runners and one of them he i think ok came on a twist everybody was kind of focused on pascal and ox had like a free run yeah yeah there to max johnson and then he got the grounding where he got a pretty good shot in there yeah. on max johnson and then so Pascal yeah, you hate to see the square,
2: on the square strip sack too. pascal just like ate the offensive line i mean mm-hmm.
1: man whew, dude. And you got cool. a free free run to the quarterback's blind side
2: yeah doesn't happen they, often
1: create the fomo right
2: yeah um but back to Oxendine's point, Whew. when you lose Marquand McCall, you've got two big-time recruits right there waiting. You don't have that with Oxendine. You've got a guy, a boole a body Fitzgerald, who was a late take in a class five years ago, a project that hasn't really come to fruition. He's been getting run at all year. And then you've got a true freshman in Khalil Sanders that they, they like a lot. But he's also – he wasn't a true freshman – five-star top 100 recruit.
1: He was a player, right?
2: Right, right. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but as Stoops said, you know, you can't really mask things against Georgia. They're good. They're just going to line up and go right at you. So I don't, I don't I don't, know what exactly they are going to do. I know that they said guys are going to have to move around. If Adam Luckett, you're the defensive coordinator, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm letting you be Brad White. What what do you do to
1: fill this gap that Oxendon's leaving? Long-term, you've got the bye week coming up after this game. So you've got some time to figure it out. And then next week, you don't have – the game after the bye, you don't really have to worry about fitting the run because you're playing Mississippi State. So you've got some time to kind of tinker and figure it out. But for this week against Georgia – playing Stetson Bennett, who's averaging 14, 15 throws a game in SEC play. There's no hiding from what Georgia wants to do. I personally would highly consider getting out of the medium and playing Weaver and Wright together to give you some extra beef there in the box, especially when you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel.
2: Yeah, tight ends are kind of their name of the game against Georgia. Yeah.
1: That's going to help you a lot, I think. Fitting the run and giving that boundary tackle some help there inside. So that's one thing I would I would kind of look at. I think it's a week to play Weaver and Wright. They're two of your top six, seven. I would say defensive players.
2: So yeah, keep keep them on the field,
1: especially in this matchup. Devontae Robinson's done some good things, I think, and I think you can use him in certain packages. But this feels like a week to be like, all right, we need to get we need to get big here this week. We need to stop the run or at least hold up. You can't just let them hammer, hammer, hammer you. Mm-hmm. So that would be my adjustment for this long-term. You know, for a game like this, I could see because you're so worried about the run, sliding Hayes or Rogers out there. Yeah. But but I'm not going to get too deep in – I don't know, like, what the technical stuff there is. Well, and how
2: much you want to put on their plates, too? You alignment, know, you're, alignment, you're all,
1: assignment, all that kind of stuff. Right,
2: yeah. you're already asking a lot of them, so, like, why cross-train? I could see another scenario, too. Like, I know you probably don't want to do this because he's playing so well, but Pascal's stout enough to be in there. It's just...
1: Well, they're going to run opposite of Pascal. So, like, he can hold up there, but all they got to do, especially the minutes, just got to hit his left hip and say, or say blue 42, and they're running left instead of right. It's
2: true. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I mean, that that has popped in my mind, but that's an easy fix for the offense.
2: And you're going to need... uh, but you, Trayvon Ripka, too is one of those guys that they've liked in there, mm-hmm. but he's that, that more of a better that, right. he's more of a better fit though against like a Mississippi State or where you aren't having to mm-hmm. to get down well, and dirty against the run game. You know, a lot he, of that you position, like him against the pass.
1: A lot of that position is you're gonna get doubled. You got to hold up on a double team. You can't let them get too much movement. Mm-hmm. And so if you put a guy like Ribka there, I just don't know if he's big enough right now or strong enough to really hold up yet. Right. Doing something like that. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, that Rodgers or, or Hayes out there I thought would make sense because they could probably hold up a little bit better on a double, specifically yeah. Rodgers. So, yeah, it's it's tough. You're just going to have – it's going to be a patchwork type type deal. That's why I think getting those two Jack linebackers out there maybe crowding the line of scrimmage more than they have in the past this week, specifically against Georgia. And it also hurts not having Marquan McCall. This is the game. This is why you recruit a McCall. this is why you get that for teams like this because now you're not having them in it's it's a tough, it's tough situation
2: yeah yeah and this is one of the there aren't a ton of matchups like that too like it <laughs> there's not a whole lot of times where you need all hands on deck now luckily at least on the other side of the ball when Kennard went down for a little bit and Rosenthal went down for a little bit they're they're okay. Now I think you could say everybody on the offensive line's a little dinged up. Um, Flax wasn't available last week. He's supposed to be available this week.
1: Yeah, that was an odd answer, I guess, at the press conference. Yeah, really weird. wasn't really but, sure what to take from that.
2: My guess, like it's, it, we forgot about it because you don't hear about it too much anymore. Maybe it was a COVID thing. Maybe it was yeah. a suspension thing. I no idea. And my
1: first, my first thought was suspension. Yeah. Like COVID, it could have been a COVID thing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah,
2: who knows? Um, yeah, it's good to not hear about COVID all the time anymore.
1: Yeah. So so, like
2: um, but as far as, well, let's, let's at least try to, uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, because there's plenty to talk about when you're playing the number one ranked team in the country, you've got...
1: Uh, well, let's just bask in the moment. A little bit here. Right.
2: That's what I mean. Yeah. Like we need to enjoy kicking the absolute ever loving snot out of LSU.
1: The whole season was based on all right, you gotta beat Missouri. You gotta beat Missouri week two. Mm-hmm. Gotta 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 beat Missouri. It, you look you look up and Missouri's got a losing record. They can't stop a nosebleed. You gotta win at South Carolina. New coach. Get off to a four and all start set the table for a huge three game run. Go down there, win ugly. But uh, you win. You control Mm -hmm. the game. You win with being minus three in the turnover column. Great job. Okay. Florida, LSU, LSU, Georgia, can you get one? Mm -hmm. If you can get one, it's going to be a really good season. You can get one. Nine and threes uh, could be the most likely kind of scenario. If you get hot at the end of the year, ten and two, just get one. Not only get one, you get two. You get Boom. one in a crazy fashion, and you get two in a beatdown. And now it's opening up like people are like, I wrote a college football playoff scenarios. Post. <laughs> that had so to feel
2: like a, a pipe dream right there, you
1: know? It also felt like I was cheating on myself because of how much I've dogged the playoff <laughs> for years.
2: <laughs> There's too much playoff talk. It's October. The rankings haven't even
1: come out yet. like it's got
2: his college football playoff bracket ready to roll.
1: So that's that's the world we're living in right now, and it's it's pretty awesome. And so now we're going to Athens, Athens. College game day is going to be in town. Oh man! Kentucky's number eleven by the is a number eleven by their name facing number one Georgia, and for the second time in four years, they're playing the Bulldogs for the for the division title. Man. And, Nick, I have a scenario for you that could be the most exciting scenario I've ever brought up here.
2: And it's not even a scenario where the national champions from two years ago are getting 330 yards shoved down their throat, and Colin Baton Rouge is playing over the loudspeaker while you've got dudes doing the gritty through the end zone while you're scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter. The disrespect Kentucky levied on LSU – That was a disrespectful ass-kicking. I mean, they just rubbed their noses in it time and time again, and it was just because they could. There was was no ill will there. It was just because Kentucky was that much better than them.
1: It was a statement game because it was a great matchup. I think you saw that with all the media Mark Stoops did last week, that they felt good about going in that game, and it was a statement game, and they, they got to beat down LSU, and they beat LSU like LSU beat teams for decades with Nick Saban and Les Miles and Ed Orgeron before Joe Burrow got to Baton Rouge. It was run the ball, mm-hmm. run the ball again, then run it down their throat some more, and then it was played solid, hard-nosed defense. And that's how Kentucky beat LSU. But the scenario here, Nick, is, okay, just Kentucky beats Georgia. We all party. Yep. We wake up on Monday, and we realize Kentucky – is a win away at Mississippi State from hosting Tennessee at home in November for a chance to clinch the SEC East. <laughs> oh man! Now, if you you can you afford a loss, but you can clinch the biggest moment of your program history against you know the team, the, the you team in your division. You hate probably the most, the most. yeah. Just think about that. Man. Now you gotta beat Georgia for that to happen. When I mean, that's a lot needs to happen for that to go. But just think that's that's on the table now. Man.
2: And that's a field rushing like just spread the That's butt, a burn the
1: stadium like <laughs> moment. Get the couches out. Couches everywhere. I mean, that's oh, a, man, that's a grown man crying.
2: Yeah, moment. yeah. Moment. Like, we're going to Atlanta, and we're yeah. beating the hell out of Tennessee on our And we way got a there. month
1: to prepare for Atlanta. Man,
2: that could be something. That could be something. And I, I think, though, like, the way you put it, too, is that Kentucky, you could say this about every team, but Kentucky does control its own destiny. And it's something we haven't heard Mark Stoops, I think, say until this year, at least say it publicly, is that if you want to play in big games, you got to win the one that's in front of you. And that's much easier said than done. It is every single week. And the Atlanta talk, that's we, we come on, we're, we're, we're not new to this. We want to get to Atlanta. It's been well, they happening. Haven't,
1: they haven't hit from it either. Like it's no. not like they're not talking about it over there. And now it's here.
2: They've been wanting to play in those big games. And now it's in front of you. Now it's, it's different than an 18 where it it, it literally is the winner of that game. It's going to the, you, you know, you still got more work to do after this, but I think there's a sense. I got this feeling from Deandre square shortly after the game, Saturday night, these guys have put in a lot of work over there. They've seen a lot of success. They know they can do it. Here is their opportunity. The only problem, Luckett, is that Kentucky's best opportunity is against Kirby Smart's best Georgia team in his right. best Georgia defense. Maybe not his best team overall. I mean, that that, that team that should have won the title had way better athletes on offense. I mean, you know, I, I would take all of those offensive athletes. Yeah, I mean, um, well,
1: they just had Nick Chubb, who's and you see him what he's doing in the NFL. Yeah,
2: he's so freaking good. And I mean, they yeah. even had some, you know, they had they had Michelle some dudes. On that, back. Right, right. But this defense is, whew, they're good. They're pretty good like it. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty good. So,
1: but there was just, I'm, they are good. But this, it was always going to be the case when Kentucky plays Georgia. It's going to be, it's going to take a seismic effort and it's going to be a pretty large upset. The, the main reason that's the case is because these two teams are mirror images of each other. Yeah. They have the same philosophy. They they run, like, the same defense, kind of the same structure. Kirby Smart was talking about how they attack and set up blockers on defense. They do the same things we do, and they want to run the ball. They're physical on the offensive line. It's the two best offensive lines in the league pretty much year in and year out. These They went to the NFL to get coordinators. They went to the transfer portal to get quarterbacks to fix their offense. It's, they're mirror images of each other. It's just Georgia has better players. So that's why this matchup is just tough. Mm-hmm. Like it's tough for me to see Kentucky beating them because of that, because they are so similar. But we talked about just a minute ago, like how Kentucky, if they make you play how they want to play, it can be tough. But at the same time, that's why it's hard for Kentucky to blow teams out. It's because limited possessions,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: a couple turnovers, you, they can find themselves going from what's looking like a blowout to maybe potentially losing the game. And Georgia's the same way. So in this game, it's going to be limited possessions. Turnovers and field position are just, I mean, it's huge in this game. It's absolutely ginormous. You got to find a way to not get beat at field possession and then field position, excuse me. And then you have to find a way to be plus two in the turnover column. If you can do that for Kentucky, you're going to have a legitimate chance to beat them. And the thing with Georgia is like we talked with Jake about, they will pucker up if they're in a close game, I think. Because there mm. there is the there is the, you know, just don't mess this up. There's a don't mess this up factor from Georgia. So if you can get them in a close game, you can maybe get them to pucker up and they don't have their quarterback. They're banged up at receiver. That's what Kentucky, that's what you that's all you can ask for. Can we get in the fourth quarter? Can we get them in a tight game and see if see what will happen there if things get tight there at Sanford Stadium?
2: Man. It's possible. It's on the table. And don't ask us. You can just ask a guy who follows them pretty well. We got Jake Russo, and he talks a little bit about that kind of nervousness that's been following the dog since 1982, 83, 84? 1980. 80. Oh, wow. Even 41 40 years? That is so long, Georgia. Oh, man. You're, you, you can't blow this opportunity now. No. Don't, don't blow this opportunity and don't, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Jake Roos from Dogs HQ. Now happy to be joined on 11 personnel by Jake Roos from Dogs HQ, Georgia's on three website. Jake, it's an exciting time in the Big Blue Nation. There's not too many times you get to take on the top ranked team in the country on college game day, but this is kind of a, Same old song and dance for Georgia is the, is the big game hype there for Kentucky like it is on the wildcat side of things.
0: You know, I I think so really Um, because going into this year, you know, Georgia's schedule, I don't think anybody predicted that it would look like this or come to fruition in this way. Um, But you know, their last two home games, uh, Arkansas and now uh, Kentucky upcoming, I mean, Undefeated teams, you know, highly ranked SEC guys. It's created a lot of uh, big atmosphere, and I think it's been exciting for fans because, like I said, I think going into the year they were looking at the schedule, saying, "Ah, I don't know, this isn't this isn't too much to uh, to, to write home about." But you know, moving into these two games now, suddenly it's it's really exciting. So. Uh, you know, three thirty kickoff in Athens always a big deal. Like you said, mm-hmm. game day, SEC nation rolling in, an undefeated team, um, everybody's hype after that Auburn win. So yeah, I do think that there's a there's a lot of um, uh, excitement around this game where there typically might not be.
1: Yeah, Jacob, the way Kirby Smart is recruited, all the wins he's had, you know, going to at least a New Year's Six bowl every season. If they win it this year, This would be the fourth SEC East title in five years. But obviously, there's the elephant in the room, um, the national championship. Just from Georgia's perspective, I guess a fan base perspective, how much of this season is like, it's our time. We got to grab this now. Or is it more of like, you know, this is just a start of a historic run? Is there is there kind of a fine line there where they need to either win the championship now or just kind of keep rolling and see how? Everything falls out.
0: You know, I think with Georgia this year, um, you know, I, I, everyone had high expectations coming into the season, certainly. And like you said, I mean, the the record, the track record for success has been there for them. So uh, I think people are happy about where Georgia has been under Kirby Smart because they kind of got their hat in the ring every year. They're they're very close, if as it were, um, but. You know, there is a little bit different field this year. I will say I don't know that it's necessarily national championship or bust for them. But what you don't want to see Georgia do is pull a Georgia and and go out and, you know, lose to uh, a Charleston Southern or, or you know, screw the whole thing up and drop one to Georgia Tech down the line. You know, if you lose in an SEC championship game or you lose in a college football playoff That's a little bit different situation. I think people could could swallow that a little bit easier. Uh, But, you know, dropping one right now uh, during the season, the way that things are hitting and the way that Vegas is viewing them, uh, I think people would be a little bit dismayed to see that through the season right now.
2: Now, on the offensive side, we'll get to the George defense. You could spend an hour talking about those bone crushers. They're incredible. But offensively, a lot of injuries. Uh, Dominic Blaylock, uh, I believe here on the latest injury report over at Dogs HQ he's it sound doesn't sound like he's going to play neither George Pickens haven't had those big playmakers for a lot of the season so who is who, who are those weapons that Kentucky needs to contain how, how how does Georgia score points on a Kentucky defense that has been pretty stout this year.
0: Wow. The, the, the name that's striking fear into hearts is Lad McConkie, as, as, you, as you would guess. I mean, <laughs> he's, you know, I, the kid's really emerged. I mean, he's, he's done a great job these last couple of games. He's kind of really improved each and every game. Um, and, and that's been big, you know, for him to be a second year player, a redshirt freshman, totally uh, missed last year, you know, was on scout team all year, but has really become a, a pretty good threat for him. I mean, uh, has a lot of speed, was really putting some moves on some guys on that Auburn team Last week. So um, uh, that's impactful. I think you got to look <laughs> at the freshman tight end, Brock Bowers, as well. Uh, you know, I think that he's kind of come out of nowhere and asserted himself as George's most dangerous weapon uh, in the passing game. So those two guys kind of leading the way. Jermaine Burton banged up last week. I think they might get a chance to get him back this week. Um, he's a guy who's played well there also, um, you know, but it, it's not your usual cast of characters. That's for sure. Like you said, you know, you're not, you haven't had Pickens, You haven't had Blaylock. Kyrus Jackson's been banged up a lot of this year as well. Uh, you know, Darnell Washington just starting to work his way back into the rotation at the tight end spot. So, you know, it's really kind of those two or three guys that are leading the way right now. And Georgia just keeping their fingers crossed that at some point they can get the rest of these pieces back.
2: P- people make a big deal about Kavase Smoke's name. Kavase Smoke <laughs> and Lad McConkie, that sounds like a Mortal Kombat fight, you know? Like, I, I-, I could see it now. Um, man, all-time name. But, like, could- I'm sitting here thinking he's just rattling off all these tight ends. Like, man, Kirby's got such such big problems where all of his guys are hurt and he just, just keeps getting, pulling up.
1: Just getting 14 personnel and just roll. Yeah, <laughs> that, doing no, no doubt. So, yeah. No, but speaking of those bone crushers that Nick alluded to, Georgia's defense has kind of been the story in college football this season. I think especially coming off the year we just had where Alabama and Florida SEC championship can buy for a hundred and something points. Um, Alabama scoring 50 something points a week, a bunch of teams scoring 50 points a week. At the end of the year, we kind of saw the JT Daniels emergence there at Georgia and they were throwing the ball around the yard and now it's kind of gone back to what Kirby I think is most comfortable being is just just totally shut you down on defense and then just run the ball on offense just there what's the feeling does this feel like you know the ultimate kind of unit they have over there or is there is there any thoughts or maybe in cracks or is
0: this or this is the thought man this can just carry them all the way to the title well, I'll tell you this. First off, I think it's been a surprise to people, really, especially in the secondary. You came into this year really kind of questioning your depth back there. You know, you knew Darion Kendrick was coming over from Clemson. You had Tyke Smith coming in from West Virginia. Then he gets hurt. He's out of the fold. Uh, you lose three guys last year in terms of transfers. Duran Branch, Major Burns, and Tyreek Stevenson all leave the team. Those are all guys who played reps. Um, so you came into this year kind of really scratching your head. You knew the front seven could do it. You knew that they would be elite, um, but you didn't know how the back end would hold up. Uh, Lewis Seen was pretty experienced, obviously, and a, a, a well known commodity back there. And then also uh, Latavius Brainy was a guy who'd played a lot of snaps. Chris Smith, to some degree, coming in and spelling Richard LeCount last year while he dealt with some injury. But, you know, I think that it, they have taken a, a step forward from where everybody thought they would be. Um, you know, I think in terms of In terms of potential weaknesses, you've got to be concerned, I guess, about, you know, some of the injuries you saw last week, Chris Smith going down last week and, um, you know, looked like it was maybe a shoulder for him. Be interesting to see if he's available to go this week, how they juggle the pieces around. The real thing is, you know, back there. You do have a little bit of depth, but it's really young and untested depth. It's guys who haven't played a lot of reps. So I think that that's where Georgia probably has the most concern on their defense. You know, the front seven—they're pretty deep there. Uh, you know, even the young guys they have in that group uh, have gotten in and, and made some made some useful plays for them. So I think if you're looking for one area of weakness, it, that might be the, it. Might be the depth in the secondary. But overall, you know, they're really pleased with how things have gone. Like you said, this is exactly what kirby wants to do man he, he's not going to come out and say it you know like that this is making him happy but I, you got to think that he's he's probably fist pumping after the show oh, yeah out.
1: give him all the 17 nothings like that's what Kirby <laughs>
0: wants to be absolutely he lives all for right. now. well
2: and, and to your point it, there aren't a lot of chinks in the armor uh one touchdown on the first team defense all year and that happened last weekend 200 total yards a game If you're just, let's let's do a little self-scout on your part. How do you attack the Georgia defense? How do you move the ball? How do you try to seemingly score points if you're Kentucky
0: when really nobody has all year? I think if you're Kentucky, it's got to come down to Will Levis. I, I think that you have to basically turn your run, your running, your running backs and uh, tight ends into into blockers and just try to hold that line as long as you can, and let guys like Wondell Robinson just get down there and try to make a play. I mean, that's, I think that's your best option. Georgia has been so effective against the run to this point that uh, it seems like just kind of beating your head into the wall. So, you know, you've got to kind of pick and choose your poison. I think that's personally the way to attack Georgia. Like I said, these guys have really stepped up, um, but you know, they've had a lapse here and there uh, in the, in the uh, passing game, they've given up one or two big plays, you know, a game. Uh, But uh, there's not there's there's not a lot of ways to attack it if you're going to attack it i think that's what it's got to be and uh you know i think that that luckily they've they've got uh you know some guys over at kentucky who who are capable of doing those things
2: yeah matt hayes who uh does he, he's an nfl scout and also does some work with uh saturday down south spoke to an nfl scout who was like really it's got to be Levis we'll scrambling as well, just kind of getting loose. And uh, Bo Nix was contained pretty well. DJU didn't do much, but those kind of plays—if you get a third and long and everything's covered up—but you can get free for a first down. Th- those are the kind of plays that can that can really aggravate you, and and if you pile them up, then they can turn into something.
0: Well, and I, I hope that you're not encouraging Will Levis to turn it into Bo next because that's that, what a roller coaster ride it was oh, to walk that kid last week, man. I mean, he's I said on Twitter, I said he's got whatever's beyond a gunslinger mentality. He's insane, dude. I mean, he's <laughs> just like he's he, he feels like he can make a play on every single play and is scrambling around back there. Georgia did a good job of containing him. And I give him a lot of credit for that because I think it's easy when you're playing against a guy like that to kind of, you know, give up on your assignments and try to do too much or compensate for the fact that this guy's trying to make a play. Uh, you know, they played really disciplined against him. They'll have to do that against Levis as well.
2: Bucket, do you have anything else for Jake? I've got one final question. You got any more X's and O's for him?
0: Million dollar question.
1: Does, do we see JT Daniels on Saturday?
0: I don't think so, personally. I, I think that they give him another week. You know, Stetson coming off of uh, his best performance of the season through probably the best ball we've seen from a Georgia quarterback hitting Ladd McConkey on that 60-yard touchdown. Um, so I, I think that they feel comfortable with where they are with Stetson right now. JT's injury, the nature of it is such that, it, you know, it's only going to get better by resting him. There's nothing he can do other than that. So I think you take another week for that. Then you go into George's bye week, and then by Florida, he's got an opportunity probably then to return. I think he could go if needed this weekend, and I think that maybe if Stitson gets in there and kind of struggles, uh, you could see that switch up. But I don't know that it's going to be a necessity in George's mind to to go ahead and have him ready to to go out and take number one reps.
2: Jake Roos, we we appreciate you helping us get to know the bulldogs better but not, finally i gotta i gotta get to know athens better all right we're a couple 30 somethings i know there's plenty of college bars down there but where where does it's a friday night we're gonna have to go out you know maybe try a few places here or there Where where's a good place that some 30 somethings could maybe enjoy ourselves take us through our friday
0: night in athens well, I see you got a wedding ring on, so I'll, I'll that, that changes a few of my suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, no, listen, I, if, in my opinion, you know, the downtown scene is great. It's crazy and it's, it's a good time. But like you said, you're getting a little bit older, right? So what I would recommend is you go past what we know as the khaki line in Athens. Okay. And that's where the, that's where the frat kids stopped going. Uh, so that's like, little, that's little King shuffle club uh, is down there. That's a cool, that's a cool bar. And then there's some great bars kind of on the outskirts of downtown. I, I hung out in normal town all the time. That's where I lived right before I moved uh, back to Blue Ridge, Georgia. Uh, I was living in normal town in Athens. It's kind of, um, you know, probably a five, 10 minute Uber ride outside of Athens, but there's some great, great bars up there. The old pal high, low is fantastic. It has really, really good food. Normal bar makes a great drink. They've got a great patio outside as well. So, um, you know, there's the, you, you can't go wrong with any of them. Yeah. I guess if you're looking for the adult bar downtown, I tended to go to all good. That was sort of my spot all the time, but, uh, you know, you're going to get a little mix of everybody in there yeah. for sure. And it's a lot of fun.
2: Man, the the khaki line, that is such a – gosh, that is great. Uh, I see,
1: baby. <laughs> it just
2: means more. Jake Roos from Dogs HQ on 3 Sports. Go follow him. He'll keep you up to date with everything happening with the Georgia Bulldogs leading into this game against top-ranked dogs and cats down in Athens this Saturday. Jake, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be we'll see you down in
0: Athens. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hope to and uh hope we can get you up here in the on-three loft sometime. There you go.
2: <laughs> Man, great to have Jake Roos on. Uh, really appreciate him and really appreciate our friends at Prospects who made all of that possible. Can, we have a lot of different advertisers throughout the KSR world, and I've never had more people reach out to me than folks who are downloading the Prospects app and loving every single second of it. Uh, people asking me for my picks, I don't know if you want all of my picks, especially because you know they, they've been okay. They've been solid enough. Um, but folks really like playing Prospects because it's available in the state of Kentucky. I don't have to drive to Indiana to make a wager. And you can wager over-unders, how you're feeling about players performing each game. Uh, We saw somebody hit a big one, real big one, just a $10 bet. Five players turned into $100, just like that. Uh, Download prize picks today. Use the promo code PERSONNEL, and they will match up to $100 on your first deposit. Download it on the App Store. It's a great app. It really is well-made, looks sharp, nice, clean, and shiny. Uh, Just pick a couple players, go over or under, whether it's their daily fantasy point total or just receiving yards, rushing yards, passing yards, passing touchdowns, receptions. They've got it all. It'll make your, especially for like the Monday night games or the Thursday night games, makes it a lot more fun. So download the PrizePix app or visit PrizePicks.com. Use the code PERSONNEL to get your deposit matched today. Uh, and yeah, shout out to Jake Roos. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Jake at Roos Recruiting, R-E-U-S-E Recruiting. Follow him right now. Boom. Well, kept, you asked him about the cracks in the defense and what he would do. What? What's your game plan? Meme Cohen came in with a really good one against LSU. It manifested itself quickly. You had Justin Rick just with nobody on him. You're hitting wheel routes. You're doing a little bit of everything. What does Cohen need to do against this Georgia defense?
1: So, evaluate this defense. You really got to go back in time a little bit because this is an old-school Alabama team. This is a 2009-2010 Alabama team that Georgia has right now. Yep. So, most they're more talented than everybody else. They're they're just gonna squ- they're are they're just gonna squeeze solely squeeze you the life out of you in a football game. Get up early, lean on you with the run game, defense just smother you, then over time just kind of wear you out. Hit a deep pass once in a while, and then you look up and it's like it's twenty-four to three, and it feels that feels like we're down forty instead of three touchdowns. So for me. Number one, like, Chris Rodriguez is your best player. You do have to try to run the ball. You can't just go in here and say, we're only going to run the ball 15 times. You do have to get a semblance of balance. Your offensive line had success against this group last year.
2: Yeah.
1: Leaning on them. You have Darian Kennard, who I think is the best run-blocking right tackle in college football. you gotta, you got to have a commitment to the run. But it feels like a game where, to me, Chris Rodriguez and Will Levis should probably be the only ones – toting the football like you're not going to be able to run it 40 times but you do need to probably run it 30 to 32 times and so after that it's really can levis make some plays with his arm and his legs can he make some off-platform throws because that's where you can beat them you have to beat them really off structure so can he get moving around and make some throws can he use his big arm to create some explosives in the passing game because that's what you have to do. So scheming up, how they, how can you get Wondell Robinson open? What do you do if they do some bracket stuff on Wondell Robinson? How do you attack them? And really the, what you need in this game is a second or third receiver, usually a big X receiver that can go out and win one-on-ones vertically in the vertical pass game. Kentucky just doesn't have that on the no, roster right no, now. No. They're going to here in about two years. They've got one as a freshman, Christian Lewis. They're recruiting one, Dane Key. Yep. When they come down to Georgia in 2023, 20, they'll probably have that. But right now they just they just don't. three. That seems so far away. So, right now they just don't. So, for Kentucky on offense, number one, it's ball security. Because if you turn on the Arkansas tape, Arkansas was shut out, but they did have some success moving the football. Here's what happened in the Arkansas game. Georgia gets the ball, drives down the field, touchdown. Arkansas, first and 10 at their own 20, holding, another penalty, backed up, punt, short field, Georgia 14-0. Arkansas gets the ball, tries to return the kickoff, tackled inside the 20, goes backwards, punt from back of their own end zone, blocked, touchdown. They're down 21-0 in the blink of an eye. And if you play the game from that point, they hung with Georgia, but you cannot get you cannot get in a hole like that. So that's really the big thing for the offense. Just like getting a couple first downs in each drive early would just be huge in this game. To just where you can relax, you can settle in, and set the terms of the game early. Georgia, in these games, they've been able to set the terms mostly, and it's been they've been able to blow people out. Auburn did better with that last week. But every other game, it's just they just hit with team with onslaughts early and it's been over. You, you have start.
2: to do what you did after your first two scoring possessions against LSU, and that's at least get a few first downs. Even when things aren't really rocking and rolling, mm-hmm. you you have to play the field position game. Good to see Colin Goodfellow boot the ball down there, kick some punts inside their own 20, and really force LSU to to play that game.
1: And in this matchup, Nick. The punt team has killed Kentucky in some moments. Oh, tell that to
2: Max. 2018. his career, man. They get a –
1: 2018 to begin the game, they get a big punt return to get their first touchdown and get the lead and take the oxygen out of the building there at Carter Field. 2019, Max hits one the wrong way, and then it sets up the first score of the game. So, like, that's been a big part. Kentucky's punt team has let them down in this matchup. That can't happen on Saturday. If it does, they're going to lose. Um, so they have to be able to play the field. They don't have to win the field position battle because Georgia's got a better kicker and a better punter. Camarda probably the best punter in the sec. Uh, Pelesny's had some issues, but this is a guy who's hit multiple 50 yard field goals last year. So like they're, they just have to play that to a draw and you got to win the turnover battle and offensively Kentucky, you got to do what you do. Trust, trust in who you are, believe in your identity and then your quarterback's just got to go make some plays. I mean, there's no real secret sauce to this. You just, your quarterback's got to go make mm-hmm. some plays I, make some stuff happen.
2: I disagree to a certain extent. Look, at, there is a secret sauce that Rodrigo Blankenship didn't eat. Okay. If you've got the goggles missing kicks on Monday Night Football, that's got to be a good omen, right? For Kentucky.
1: Hope so. And Georgia's banged up. Yeah. Chris Smith, who had the pick six against Clemson has been one of their better players. He separated his shoulder last week. I think right. he's going to try to play on Saturday, but he's got a separated shoulder. And then offensively, the receiver ish, the receivers are they're just kind of they, gutted. They don't really receiver. have
2: any. I mean, right? They got wide. And,
1: <laughs> and they're really missing George Pickens. Yeah, because him and Daniels, that connection really opened up everything last year. And then they had another big play guy, Arian Smith, who really hasn't played. Their second-best receiver is probably Kiaris Jackson. Jackson, he really hasn't played. He's been banged up. Jermaine Burton is probably their next-best receiver, and he's questionable for this game, like Jake told us earlier. So they really got a patchwork passing game, and it's really came down to slot receiver, low three-star, redshirt freshman, Lad McConkie. Man. Um, five-star tight end, Brock Bowers, true freshman, who's on his way to being an all-American, and then yeah. throwing it to James Cook out of the backfield. That's kind of their passing game right now. So it's not – crazy scary um, you just got to be at kentucky you just got to be able to stop the run at a good clip if you can stop them from running the ball get stetson in passing downs that's where you're going to have some success now stetson last year when he when things started going south he was had a hurt shoulder and so that's where when kentucky played him he was banged up a little bit and he couldn't really complete some throws but kentucky had some success again he had a couple interceptions he really didn't have a good day against kentucky So we'll see. But you got to stop the run, and you just kind of have to hang in there. I think that's a big thing in this game, just hang around, um, see if you can make some plays on offense, get some scores, and then get into the fourth quarter. The thing I've been running through my head is how many points was it going to take for Kentucky?
2: Yeah, that was the question I asked you in the car on the way home. And we had about the same answer, which is 20, 24?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking if they got to 21, I could see them winning the game.
2: Because, I mean, hell, they, Georgia only scored 21 two years ago, then they had 14 last year. If, uh, you're at,
1: if you're at 21 and you win the turnover battle, then I think there's a good chance that you could you could win that game. You could get out of there winning like 21-17, 21-20. So that's that's kind of the number, I think, in my head that I've come up with. And that puts you right at the total. What's the total? 44?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But so that's that, about well, what you – What was the stat you had about Kirby in top ten games? He just sits on the – like, it's just – he's captain. Yeah, under. I'd have to
1: pull it up. But, like, the, the totals they have gone on – I mean, it's been a ridiculous amount of under against, like, maybe their top ten or ranked opponents. There's no yeah. – and he – there are banged up. And it's – like, Kirby in his press conference, if you watch it, there is a lot of – we're hurt, and we're about to play a physical dang team. And, like, at practice on Monday and Tuesday, they said they were going to take it light because that these past games have been so physical and we got the bye coming up mm-hmm. um, and I think he's probably saving them because he, has, he knows it's about to be rock them, sock robots against Kentucky. Oh man. But there That's is good. a little bit of like, we just want to get a lead and get out of here. Like, let's just get it. Let's just, we've, we've got enough style points. Let's just get a lead and get out of here. So it could be a great time for Kentucky to play them. Mm. Could be. But I mean, we'll have to see like the hard part is they're just, these teams are just mirror images of each other in. Georgia's got just got better players, so it's hard for me. And where you have to make up for that in the margins is at quarterback. And I just don't know if they have enough playmaking juice there. I think Will Evans has done some good things, but at receiver, I don't know if they've got the guys that can really make some plays outside of Wondell. But they're playing with extreme confidence right now, I think Kentucky is. I think it was good for the offense to have that performance. The defense has a lot of stuff to feel happy about. So they're going down here thinking they they can play with – not only play with Georgia, they think they can beat Georgia, which is half the battle when you play a team – Georgia and right. Alabama. Well,
2: and they also are familiar with this opponent. Not only do you have a lot of guys from the state of Georgia, but it's it's kind of akin to that Florida yeah. rivalry where you, you're playing them close and you feel like you've got a puncher's chance. It's yeah, not from, just uh, some – you aren't going down there and getting demoralized every year. You've mm-hmm. been in these games at halftime. You drop a touchdown pass. You shank a punt. Uh, you you can't get a first – you know, like, they've been there for the taking, but Kentucky hasn't been opportunistic. Yeah. And they need We're- to be opportunistic. They've learned from their mistakes this year. They've cleaned up the turnovers. Now you've got to create that perfect storm at the perfect time
1: if you want to pull off this big upset. Mm-hmm. And you – Mark Stoops made the change on offense. There was a lot of reasons, but a lot of it was this game. Yep. Because there's no hiding that they they want Georgia bad. Bad. They want to win this game really, really bad. But they knew – he knew he couldn't beat them with what they were doing on offense before. Like, he's got to be able to – like, I think Stoops has kind of figured Georgia out to some point on offense, especially when they're in offense like they are right now. Yeah, yeah. His defense is going to be able to hold them. I think he's thinking, I can hold this team to 17 points. We can hold them to 17. If we, if we eliminate short fields for the most part, get a turnover, we can hold this group to 17. But it's
2: past that. But course. I need my offense to get to yeah. 21. Right, right. Which is it's, easier said than done against this defense.
1: Right. So. Which is better than their normal defense, exactly. So, you know, you just got to see. And I think there's a, there's going to be a huge factor. Georgia hasn't played. I mean, Clemson was a close game. Um, but since then, they just haven't been challenged at all. Arkansas kind of had a team, I think, that could have challenged them because they are on the line of scrimmage. But Arkansas, on defense, they just played this 3-2-6 dime defense, which is a great defense to play against these modern passing attacks. But when teams commit to the run, it's just hard. And that's what Georgia did. And that's what there was a reason why uh, Matt Corral threw the ball, excuse me, threw the ball 21 times this weekend and ran it for 20 times. It's because that's how Arkansas plays. They want you to run the ball. Kentucky's not going to play like that. No. They're going to come up and stop the run. And if you stop the run, you force Stetson Bennett to make throws against a good team. Um, He may, I haven't gone back. I need to go and watch the Auburn game. But against Auburn, they're going to play you, man and they're going to come in an extra guy in the box, and they're going to isolate on the outside. And we saw LSU have a lot of success against them, throwing the ball deep. Kentucky's not going to play like Auburn.
2: Right, right. And Auburn right. had
1: some chances, and Auburn actually did some ball, some things on offense, where they had chances to score, and it could have been closer. And so, you know, we'll see. I think Kentucky, they
0: mm-hmm. match
1: up well with them, and they don't, because they're just kind of like mirroring. Like, Kentucky's got a. They're gonna have a game plan where I think they're gonna be able to be in the game. Like
2: Kentucky's Georgia close. light at this point. Yeah. You know, and they're so Georgia just, light without the Jimmies and Jokes.
1: It, it, to me, it just comes down to turnovers and can the quarterback, can Will Evans make make some plays?
2: But I think, if that, you're, I think you are if you're yeah, if you're it. asking yourself, What who has the best quarterback, who has the best receiver, who has the best running back, I think you're taking all of Kentucky's guys. I yeah, think you you're can take,
1: make an argument for sure for Kentucky and those right, in those, which in best offensive line, I think
2: which doesn't happen very often. So you have to have those guys be at their best. And the to only have, the, is, g- the, only to have is, the game like you did against LSU, though, you needed that just to give those guys some confidence that they can do it because it's it's going to be tough. You cannot, you cannot let – there's going to be frustrating moments. You can't let them demoralize you yep. uh, whenever they make those big plays on their defense.
1: The only problem is that quarterback, running back, offensive line receiver, they're going up against Georgia's defense not Georgia's quarterback, running back, offensive line, receiver. (laughs) So, I mean, it's uh, a totally different challenge. So, they might, like Kentucky might have the better matchup in that, or barely, or a little bit, but it might not matter because they're facing a juggernaut on the other side of the ball. Really, it's about, I think, just coming out. and Don't get blown out early um, because that's what Georgia's been able to do. If you're able to hang in there for a while, especially with Georgia being at home, there could be. there's going to be some nervousness in that stadium if those fans look up in the middle of the second quarter and it, Georgia's up 10-7. to 7. Mm-hmm. Or if it's in the third quarter, they Georgia's up 14. The middle of the third quarter, they're up 14-13. They, they they that stadium is going to pucker. So can you hang around long enough for that to be a factor? If you can get deep into the game, and especially with Kentucky, this close game success, if you can get into a game like Kentucky is going to be fine playing in that. That, that might be the most comfortable they'll be all afternoon. It's just get you got to get to that point. And then, can then if they get nervous and they have to put the ball in Stetson Bennett's hands or they have to bring in an injured JT Daniels, do they make a mistake or two that kind of totally flips the game? I think that's kind of – that's the goal, I think, for Kentucky. Just, just get it close late and see if Georgia will pucker, which I think they will. And if you get the right bounce – that, that thing could turn for you. And you could, you could be looking up in the fourth quarter and everybody in the country is watching you because you might have – you'll have Georgia on – you could have Georgia on the ropes.
2: You get them on the ropes, then you got to deliver a haymaker. And I think right. the haymaker – we saw one with the blocked field goal by Josh Pascal. Like, you don't need something that crazy to happen, but you're going to. So, mm-hmm. somebody from the state of Georgia, make it happen. Yeah, it's got because it's got to be some sort of storybook thing, right? You know. Yeah,
1: and I just I said, Corker. I'm okay I to feel, you. yeah, but the no that under feels like a good play to me. <laughs> it, does. it just feels like a really good play because I think Kentucky's get, going to be able to keep Georgia in check. They know how to defend them. Well, I think they they're going to defend them the right way.
2: And even if Georgia gets a lead to you know if they if they're up seventeen to nothing, I still can't see them really he's gonna sit get, on it he's get gonna out sit of on hand it. yeah you know yeah uh and kentucky's defense too proudful to let that happen as well so yeah i'm uh i'm excited for this weekend yeah. Uh can't wait to get down there back to athens i guess this is my fourth straight trip now uh back to back with you like it uh, no no rain on our parade this year right we're not gonna let that happen no God no damn. rain. stay
1: stay 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 far away and for Kentucky, I think there is the house money factor. Yeah. Kentucky loses this game no matter the fashion. It doesn't really change the season for them.
2: No. what like no. would You is just can we, le-
1: we had a chance for Atlanta. That's the really big thing. But you still got a great chance at 10-2, 11-1, and, and, and going to a New Year's Six Bowl.
2: What you can't do, you can't let this uh, – it can't be like the the Alabama games at the beginning of the seasons where they just demoralize a team and they're done.
1: You've I don't got like to buy bi- with this team, though, with, with the success they've had. To this right, game, this right, season. but you
2: know you you could get pretty beat up and then have a bye week and then come out sluggish against Mississippi State and then your momentum's kind of sucked out. You can't let Georgia suck the life out of you, no matter what happens on Saturday. You've got to go down there, roll the dice, play with that house money, and and see if you can't make something magical happen.
1: No doubt, man,
2: no doubt. But um, yeah, if you're going down there, hit us up. We'll be out and about. Um. Should be a good time. Uh, Hopefully, we're winning some money with some walk-solid college football bets. The last time we were down there, we watched Jared Garantano uh, try to do a quarterback sneak. I was going to bring
1: that up. The old old, uh, face mask Jeremy Pruitt. Oh, man. We looked at each other. Did that just happen?
2: (laughs) Man, that was was a wild uh, mess of events. Uh, We have – we don't have a – we've got two Friday night games,
1: right? Clemson-Syracuse, and UCLA – not UCLA, Oregon-Cal, late night. Pac-12 after dark Friday oh, night. Oh,
2: wow. Wow, that's that's going to be great. Syracuse, seven, 14 and a half point dogs at home. Anything could happen there.
1: We get Holy Tuesday g- night football tonight Holy for those shit. listening on Tuesday.
2: We've got uh, funbelt App State, yeah. and
1: Lafayette. And a good game, yeah.
2: Hell yeah. It is a good game. I didn't know funbelt was doing Tuesdays. Good for them. Good for them. Do, you've got, do you have a – Money on Money line yes. pick. You'd like to share with
1: us. But before we get to this, man, Scott Satterfield, thirty to thirteen in the fourth quarter. How do you blow that? You that's a, I'm that's a get fired loss.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially to Virginia. I mean, that's that's a team that you've got to beat in football to make up for all the hell they give you in basketball. You know you got to yeah. at least have them in something. Like when Kentucky would beat Florida in basketball when Spurrier was rolling us in football, like it, it felt a lot better getting those wins. You can't let Virginia do that too.
1: And now they're going to – got to buy. Boston College is coming to town. And there's – Boston College is big and nasty on offensive line, so you know what they're going to do. Did
2: you, did you see the uh, Mark Richt like making fun of Satterfield on the ACC Network I have not Network seen it. Show? I've seen it. Oh, man. I'm trying they're to just, look it up and watch it. They're showing – uh, I, can, I can forward you the clip, but they're just highlighting how far Louisville's defense is – they're rushing three, and they've got their linebackers nine yards down the field. And Virginia's just like, okay, we'll take 10 yards. Okay, we'll even let guys sit in between your zones and get 20 yards. I mean, it's yeah. it's embarrassing. Oh,
1: gosh.
2: It was and a a $10 win. tickets to watch uh, Boston College play Tough Louisville.
1: afternoon look there for Satterfield in a game they really needed to win. Man, really tough.
2: Really, really tough. Um, Man, Nebraska, that was really tough, too. I mean, mean,
1: same movie over and over there for Scott. It's crossed
2: Over and over again. Uh, Unfortunately, the Burt Bowl did not go according to plan on this front. Um, I'm not going to bet with my heart again and pick Purdue to upset Iowa, even though the makers did get the upset a year ago. Over Iowa, I, I don't foresee that happening again. Um, man, and I lost the game that I was going to pick this week. Well, I could take it away. No, oh, no, no, here it is. This is easy. This is an overreaction line because BYU got upset last week. They opened as one and a one point favorites, they are now, uh, according to my science, six point dogs. So, whatever the money line is, overreaction. BYU going to take down Baylor.
1: BYU plus 200 there for you, Nick. Yeah, give me and that. Then for give me, me that all for day. For me, day I don't really done. love much of anything, so I'll fade Texas A&M this week. Missouri at home. Drinkowitz has won big home games before. So give me Missouri plus 270. So hey, let's see if you can okay. bounce back, Drink. Now, Nick, our over-under picks, man, we've got some winners here. All right. LSU is going under eight and a half. They're three and three now. You just need one more loss to lock that in.
2: Oh, love it. Love it.
1: Indiana under seven and a half is looking great.
2: Yeah, that's that. That's the one that I think I'm sitting pretty yeah. in right now. Indiana all, In Kentucky.
1: Hell, they're what two away from hitting or one away. You went, yeah. Cashing tickets this weekend. Now ULM, you lost that one. They got two wins already. Mm-hmm, but Iowa State under nine and a half looking good. They got two losses already, and then Louisville under six and a half. That's one to watch still. But it's that that Virginia win was huge for that play for that bet. Um, for me, SMU six and zero was my best, was my favorite one of all the season totals. So they only need one more win to go over six. Nice. UCF, UCF under nine and a half, feeling really nice without Dylan Gabriel. They're gonna, they're a big dog at Cincinnati this week. So that's their second loss of the season. Stanford over four wins. They're at three and three, I think, right now. So I just need a couple more Pac-12 wins from them. So in Pitt over seven, I still think that's got a chance. They're at four and one right now. So we're feeling pretty good on these season total picks. So shout out to you. You saw the Orgeron train wreck coming. Under eight and a half is feeling very, very nice right about now.
2: Man, I – and we need to shout out our Wolfpack from Nevada. They did give up a bad backdoor cover to the New Mexico State Aggies that made it to bad beats. But in that game, we had the appearance of Carson Strong's backup, a six-foot-nine long strider who even punted. He had a left footed punt at one point in the game that's some high school stuff right there. Oh man, dude, was a complete caricature of a human being. So the Wolfpacker Howlin', they're actually our after dark game this weekend, too, hosting Hawaii as a 14 and a half point favorite. So Wolfpack Howlin' again, they're back better than ever, and just like the Cats are going to be back, uh, three and 14 all time against number one teams. Uh, you got the, the big win over Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, 1950. One at all Miss in the 60s, and then LSU in 07. Would be I'll a nice to- time to do it. Would be a real nice time to do it, and would really uh, increase the, the 2007 vibes. Like, th- this is the year of the big upsets. It, it would be a nice time to get them right here.
1: Now, Snoops has done it. What, 2013 Alabama, 2016 Alabama, 2014 Mississippi State? And last year, Alabama, were they number one?
0: Yes,
2: they were. That that, that really was the only bad one, if I'm not mistaken. The 16 game, it was a a rock fight that Alabama –
1: 13, they they lost by 41. I think the spread was like 34. 16, they covered. I believe 14 was a push, but they really threatened Mississippi State. And then last year was – they didn't have any of their players. They probably shouldn't have played that game, but they got boat raced obviously so we'll see i mean anything can happen now i did look up like kirby smart as a three touchdown plus dog and mark stoops they kind of have similar against the spread records but one has an upset um stoops has an upset win as a three plus touchdown roll dog at louisville 2016 and kirby smart has a loss at home to south carolina 2019 So, it can can
2: happen. It can happen.
1: They just just, got to hang in there early and then get some bounces and get into close game in the fourth quarter, and I think they're going to have a good chance. But that's that's hard to do. It's going to be hard to do against this Georgia team.
2: Yeah, but it is possible. So, Big Blue Nation, dream big this week. Uh, hopefully that was we funny. Will, Let it ride. We've created a blueprint of sorts Big shout out to Jake Roos For joining the show You can follow him at Roos That's R-E-U-S-E Recruiting on Twitter We'll be down in Athens all week I don't know what the other guys are doing I know 11 personnel is going to be That's we, we locked that up The rest, who knows where it's going to go But I can guarantee you Win or lose, we came to booze We're going to have a great time in Athens Enjoy this momentous weekend for Kentucky football. And, hey, crazier stuff's happened, all right? This sport, Hold it's down. a wild one. And, man, look at, I hope the next time that we're talking, cats are Let's wrap. Right. Let's do it. Go Cats. Go Kroger.